mighty senses tingling. Really big show. This host has got the best of me, but I keep coming back incessantly. It's Slim. He's the host of the Paper Keg Podcast. This is episode 171. Welcome to the show. Uh, uh, Paperkeg.com. You know, we talk about the books we're reading, you know, every week. We read comic books all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're fathers. We have plenty Constantly of time on our hands. Consuming. We're not recording two episodes in what feels like two days. We have plenty to talk about. We're not going to make stuff up. We wouldn't do that. Book Club. The Flash. New 52. Now can you clap? For them killers, give it up for them gangsters. One time for the killers. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for checking it out. You know, welcome. There's there's a lot of crap comics podcasts out there. Just gonna, you, you're probably aware. That's why you're here. People using Apple headsets, recording podcasts, gaming rigs, right? You can't, you've had enough. You've come to the right place. God bless you and your family. Yeah, you've made the right decision, yeah. You've had a long road, friend. You know? Now come warm yourself by our fire. Our podcast fire. Uh, big show. You know, there's three hosts of this show. Jonesy loves beer. He is a writer. So right off the bat, we're legit. He's written his own comic book. In my own mind. Where can you buy it? Well, you can't. Okay? It's not out. It's never been published. But he's a writer. All right? Welcome to the show, Jonesy. Thank you so much for having me. 800 days since I posted uh, that Twitter link, yet I'm still referred to as a writer. Thank you so much for that. Tip my hat. I'm here for you. Tip my hat. You know, just like we're here for your work whenever it is ready. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's ready for prime time. But, uh, you know, let's go. Let's move along the cred list. Social sensation. He's lighting up social media. If you want, you know, to just sit back and relax and get enjoyment on your apps, this guy. And here, VP of merch, Facebook Phenom. Mm. <laughs> Nobody gets more likes than Dale underscore A uh, when he posts about his kids, about he wa- about how he wants to ether his kids. Welcome back. Some of my more uh, involved Facebook comments would include the quote, "I don't get it." That was a nice one uh, response to one of my posts. Um, you know, it just keeps me. Between that and my grandfather coming over and punking me for my hats, no. I mean, it's just <laughs> been a stellar, stellar day. You know, I'm just ready for bed. How do you <clears> feel about ethering your grandfather in retaliation? I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if I didn't have to uh, drag him all the way out to his GMC Sierra truck. <laughs> 
put them in there. <laughs> just in, I completely forgot about that part. Just envision Dale always at the ready with an ether-soaked rag. <laughs> if something goes wrong at home, he just he, he reaches for it, and then he thinks better of it and puts it back in his back pocket. Just hangs out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Sometimes I've come close, and then I'll just like whip my arm back. Oh, I'm not doing anything. Right. Hi. I'm just invading a personal space. I wasn't going to smother you with a wet rag. <laughs> What a big show. Yeah. Flash, New 52. You know, we don't do enough DC on this show. We're changing that. We've gotten a ton Are of we? requests for DC material from scads of people. They haven't exactly written in, but it's just a feeling we have. Yeah, it's probably why we don't have a bigger audience to begin with. They just immediately shut us down when they see out of 171 episodes, we've maybe done five or six <laughs> DC book clubs, but right. I mean, how many but, monthly DC books are you reading right now, Dale underscore, underscore A on the spot? Can you can you name what you're reading from DC? Can I question? Can I count the eight issues I read for Paper Keg tonight and as this month's haul? I mean, I I read eight issues. I think eight DC yeah, issues. we'll allow that. That's your okay. quota for this eight. for this month. Eight issues. Congratulations! That is mm-hmm. a huge yeah. huge news. You know the thing is, all these uh, people de- harping about DC, but you, you, you know, and this was the problem back when God rest his soul, Mark Farrington, Former always host. always wanted us. But you know when, you, and then you know, put him on the spot and ask him what to read, it's like uh, crickets, yeah. crickets chirping. Nobody actually says the words, actual titles. They just say you need to, you know, more DC, more Flash, more Wally West. And then and then then you just say what? <laughs> tell me what? Right. Well, I can't tell you that. You just got to read. I'm not going to tell you. That. You just got to read it. DC Code of Conduct. You, we you don't just got to get on the cosmic treadmill and find your own stop in right. this crazy ride. We'll get like in. we did. We were out there every day reading DC. They would say that's all we did. Just so you know, guys, in DC there is a treadmill that will allow you to go through time travel. Save it. Save it for the book club segment, Gen Z. Don't get too vitriolic. You're getting far out there. He's getting. He's ready to just do that throat punch to our DC <laughs> fans. Mm-hmm. But just hold the punch for later. We have a huge show. We just recorded what feels like moments ago, episode 170, mm. uh, the Fifth Beetle, one of the biggest shows we've ever done. I looked at the numbers. I have. I, for the record, I don't know how to look at the numbers. So I thank you for that. Let's keep it that way. Actually, so Global cute. Frequency was one of our most popular episodes. Really? Yeah. Really. Fourth wall, right now. Breaking it. For the record, I know how to look at the numbers, but I always forget to it's because okay. I'm just so you know. I you, it's something you could be obsessed over. Yeah. Then eventually, you just stop. You just don't worry about that. Right. You know, just enjoy the ride. Uh, enjoy the Jonesception. <laughs> I really don't even know what that means, but I'm going to take it as exactly. some kind of troll well, slam. Just if, enjoy it. If you look at it, really, there's probably one percent of our listeners. Maybe half of one percent watch our YouTube stream. And my icon is of you, Jonesy. I'm not sure if you can. Jones Jonesy doesn't have his glasses on. His <laughs> his librarian glasses with the chains around the uh, <laughs> the ends. He's recording while playing his PS3 or PS4 right now. That somehow in my kitchen, I'm playing it. Oh okay. God, what a show we have! We got to move on. Run out of tape. My place. Put me right in my place. There, that's fine. Big show. Uh, one. You know what's right around the corner? One seventy-five anniversary nuts. show. What are we doing? We haven't even for thought that? about that. We have the book club, book club. We have a book club picked out. Do we? We're doing something very special. Is it a cure again? We are doing a cure again. 
all volumes, a surprise episode. Akira Volume 2. Then we have 175, you know, we'll just tease it out. You know, Paper Keg started with some audio troubles mm. against uh, my better judgment. 175 is is our first step to make that right. Mm. Stay tuned. Mm. Jones septing episode one. Mm. Jones, episode one. I, I, I'll totally Were you even on Jones episode septed. one, Jonesy? <laughs> oh man, uh, we just got to move along. We got to move along, Jonesy. What did you nominees. What did you read this week? Please, I, I want to talk us. about a magical book that I read because I picked it up in the new releases uh, section of uh, Comicsology. Did not expect to have so much fun. It's called Bulletproof Chicken hmm. by. King Bone Press is the publisher, and I'm going to give you the creative team real quick. It is um, created by John Westhoff and Bob Gar Ornelas, and uh, character design is by Bob Gar and Matt Nixon. And uh, essentially, imagine that a character can be both Riggs and Murphy. Rig, Mur, no, no, no. Riggs from uh, Lethal Weapon and Murphy from uh, Robocop. Oh, my God. Oh, they are one and the same person, and they are also a chicken in a yes. world where <laughs> chickens are people. So imagine the best... I, I want to say, like, imagine somebody did a parody of 80s movies but got it right. And made them all chickens and somehow made it work and you have Bulletproof Chicken. It's like a 70s exploitation comic meets an 80s action comic meets a Frank Miller Robocop. It's so hard to describe, but it is literally one of the most fun comics I've ever picked up on a whim. And I really uh, wish that you all would join me on this crazy ride that is Bulletproof Chicken. I loved it. Mm. Absolutely hit it out of the park. Uh, you know, no recommendation. Kind of just found it by, you know, swiping through the app. Uh, sure. Gave it a chance and really enjoyed it. So if you have time, I, I think it was on the cheap side, maybe one ninety nine. Wasn't crazy price. Totally worth it to check it out. If you've got time, if you got two bucks, Bulletproof, uh, bulletproof Chicken, uh, great comic. How would you rate that on the poop office scale of hidden gems is that on par with poop office it's not quite i mean poop office is on another level it's next level it is next level it's like hashtag poop office is like the Watchmen. best strip comic you never knew you wanted every day in your life uh but bulletproof chicken fantastic is a uh, yeah go ahead uh ben pooped uh you go you can go ahead and put that on your uh, cover fodder if you need a, a pull quote. Uh, Bulletproof Chicken, though, is a runner-up, and it's really, really good. Hmm. I'm going to add it to my list tonight. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Great. A lot of fun. In between watching the Monday Night Wars on the WWE app tonight. Oh, man. <sighs> you know, Dale and I, I'm not sure if you're aware, we were vacationing <laughs> together. Showing receipts to one another. Last week. You know, we were hot tubbing all night long, drinking. Oh my God. A lot of talk about the WWE app. It never came to fruition, unfortunately. There uh, were no just, monitors 
for their children. Nobody knew what happened. You know, you know what we did watch, Jonesy, was a hit Fox show called Utopia. Really? Yeah. Did you ever hear that show? No. What's it about? You know, they put 15 people together. In, a reality in this, TV show? Yeah. It's like uh, Big Brother meets Survivor. Oh, put them okay. in this area. They don't have electricity. They have to create their own, you know, city and survive together. Mm-hmm. Amazing show. While picking mostly alcoholics and <laughs> criminals, hillbillies. So you two were picked. Oh my, Jonesy! Oh. Please, Jones. come on, Jonesy. Jonesy is, we have. I don't know what it is. Jonesy WWE. goes to a church carnival this year, this week, and now he's just firing shots at everybody. Guys, the Gatling gun I of trolls. Signed, Longmire Book One. How does okay. something like that even happen? You just go to a carnival. And you stumble upon this presumably first edition Longmire hardcover. My wife and I, you know, if it came from me, I would say suspect origin. Right. But my sure. totally credible wife That's what you would tracked say, down yeah. the information. Yeah. And I I'm inclined to believe her about most things. Uh, new listeners checking out the show right now, just feeling good about the audio quality, feeling good about our repartee. Uh, Jonesy and Dale do a book podcast they read books book jug you want a bj you go to these two okay <laughs> check it out but we need to move on dc comics you heard of them mayhaps uh, gotham uh, uh. gotham hit tv show critics love it man gotham. should we talk about it in the um is that your book fireside? is that your book of the week you're reading i mean for- <laughs> For the two days, you're- I uh, was laying on the couch with my wife, and I watched Gotham. That's my second. That's my first book of the show. No, I'm just kidding. I did watch it though. Mm. Not we a good talk, pilot. We should Not talk a good about pilot, it in my view. In Maybe we can get side. into it in the fireside. Um, Gordon's Law, Jim Gordon, 1996, great year. <laughs> you read Jim, it this week. That's when I read it. 1996. <laughs> I didn't have time to read anything else. <laughs> Uh, Klaus Janssen, my favorite inker. He did pencils oh in this book written by Chuck Dixon. Uh, it's a mini series about Jim Gordon, kind of way before Gotham Central was a thing. So it followed Jim, and Batman is not really in it. So there's a heist happening in the first issue. Um, they're making demands. Something happens down the street, is called in by other police officers that distracts them. So they kind of huddle and say, okay, we'll be right back to this hostage environment and see what's going on here. And they realize that it was a scam. And then by the time they get back to devote their full attention to the to the heist, they're getting the heck out of there. And they don't know how this happened. You know, how did cops see something that was never there? And so Jim's like racking his brain about this case and Batman's around uh, in a few pages saying, he's like, I'm here to help. I can investigate. And Jim's like, hold on, just hold the phone, bats. And, uh, <laughs> What is what revealed to you by the end of the first issue is that the heist, the only solution is that the heist was performed by Gotham cops. Um, Whoa. So Jim is like essing his pants, his pantalones, his dungarees. And uh, so Batman finally asks him again. He's like, Jim, you know, let me help you on this case. And Batman is unaware of this theory that Jim has the only possible solution. And Gordon kind of like flips out at the end. He's like, stay out of it. Batman. I did, that's my Jim Gordon 1996 voice. Yeah, absolutely the best Jim Gordon impression. Um, a lot heard. different than the from the 2014 British 
Zero year, Jim Gordon. We've been friends since the zero year, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, great. You know, Klaus Janssen, 90s uh, artwork. Mm. You know, his stuff is great. He's obviously a fantastic anchor, but his pencils I enjoy as well. Uh, really cool first issue to a miniseries that um, not a lot of people talk about or remember, I think. You know, it's not like a trade paperback that was like The Dark Knight Returns, but it was a, it's a really cool miniseries. I recommend it. Which is interesting because because they were taking those kind of chances then when all you kind of remember, especially from the 90s, which is the big flashy Thunderstrike number one. Oh, and, boy. And stuff like that, you know? Wrong not friends. The, mm. Not the chances of the uh, the Gotham, P, a Gotham PD book like that. Mm-hmm. Jim's Law. Is it true for about five years uh, the the letters DC stood for Dixon, Chuck? That is actually uh, true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew for, I mean. Yeah. He wrote, I think, he was the Brian Bendis of DC Comics. Wow. He, yeah, man. He was back then. All over shoes. it. Yeah. Jonesy, two sentences or less what you thought of uh, Harvey Bullock in the Gotham pilot. Two sentences or less. Possibly the best character way to carry it on your shoulders, Donald. Wow. I vehemently disagree. Oh, wow. Okay. Save it. Save it for the fireside. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's getting heated. Uh, Dale underscore A. What did you read? I read uh, a book from Dark Horse Comics. Whoa. Two books. One of the big two. Be One of the big two. One of my favorite publishers because if I review anything but Dark Horse Comics, I get trolled into saying this is a this must be an all Marvel show because Dale can't enjoy Marvel comics. They were the fastest quoted fingers I think I've ever seen. Like Bruce Lee, the camera That's must just be slow. I remember. I think it's just your bit rate, Jonesy. <laughs> um, what bits. does that mean? What is my bit rate? <laughs> uh, I remember the second that I said uh, Marvel keg last episode on our fifth out of seven books that were Marvel talked about. I remember I stopped Dale dead in his tracks. <laughs> It was yeah. like a deer in headlights right before they were smashed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I went back to, you know, keeping this show peppered with other things. I read issues one and two of Pop, what? a miniseries by Dark Horse Comics. Kurt Pyers, Jason Copland, Pete Toms, and Ryan Ferreira. Mm. Ferreira. And Pop is essentially um, a story set in our world, but it's heavily implied that there is a company, sort of like InGen from Jurassic Park, that are basically artificially growing from birth to adulthood and releasing them them out into the wild uh, pop stars, which is very applicable because it's implied that Mariah Carey was one of the earliest releases from this company so they grow these humans they release them they you know genetically modify them to be incredibly huge pop stars and then they just reap the benefits they you know they're taking cuts of these contracts and stuff and in the first issue uh you know the hammond character of of this ingen company is giving a tour to his investors and it turns out that one of these pop stars has uh, basically been released somehow gotten out of her chamber which they are in that chamber 
I don't know if there's a, you know an, an advanced lifespan or if she's been in there for 16 or 18 years, but she was released and basically given a chance by somebody on the inside, and she stumbles across very a la uh, Fifth Element. She's like in these Fifth Element type bandages. She stumbles across this dude, this druggie who owns a record store in what looks to be like downtown Portland. And it's implied that he has like maybe suicidal tendencies or he's at least considering it and he's he's doing smoking dope all the time. And mm. they kind of run into each other and they just start kind of like, they start this rocky, not rocky, but you know, this uncomfortable kind of interaction or friendship with each other that are based on like, there's no real qu- hard questions asked. He's just like, you know, if you need help, I'm going to help you. And plus, I can't take you to the cops because there's an insane amount of weed in my car right now oh kind boy. of thing. And oh, boy. It's, uh, it's interesting to see where it's going to go in, in, in a four-issue miniseries because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe, maybe, maybe it's good that it's only a four-issue mini because you don't want to just work this world building for all that it's, you know, all that it's worth and it get tiresome, but... The concept is really cool, and and basically, InGen sends out these two hunters that are, you know, they're like fixers who uh, have to track down this one, and and it and it's implied that Dustin Beaver is uh, <laughs> another one of these rock stars, and he retires early. And one one of the first two things that these fixers do is basically break his kneecaps and oh, threaten him boy. to get back on the pop circuit or his boss and their boss will be none too pleased so they're trying to find this um scientific pop star anomaly (laughs) that's escaped and he is in the second issue he takes her out to this uh you know pond in the middle of the woods and he's going to do some wicked drug that has helped jim morrison explore his (laughs) you know so it's it's really far out stuff (laughs) but the art is the art and colors are stunning the the cover the cover design is very kind of image comics, but bright colors and stuff. I, I recommend it. Wow. And for a four issue mini, it's, I think it's worth checking out. Love minis. I love the dark horse does minis. Yeah, they do take a lot of those opportunities and give people chances. How's Baltimore these days? When was the last Baltimore issue that came out? Um, uh, just came out last week or this <sighs> week. The third issue of the, uh, the three issue mini. We might have to do hard. You, how many issues is that now? Like 36, 38 for Baltimore? Yeah, it's over 30s. You're looking at episode 200 is what you're looking at. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Spoilers. Oh, my God. Oh, man. This, yes. <laughs> Back when I was reading that, that was my number one book. No doubt. Yeah. My number one. Uh, but Mr. Wayne. <laughs> two sentences or less. We need to move on. Lightning round segment, the most hands down popular thing on this show, without a doubt, the absolute reverse of Jonesy loves beer, um, and we go to him for the first one. Two sentences or less, or less, please. Jet City Comics presents Cimarronin, a Spanish fencer hires a disgraced Ronin to play Sherlock Holmes. In 1800 Spain. What a fantastic first issue of a comic. 
somebody write this with you in mind? Kennedy? I know, right? Are you being are you being Joan Septed right now? Into <laughs> still don't know what that means. Classic Jonesy. <laughs> Bob's Burgers, number two from Dynamite Comics. If you enjoy Bob's Burgers, the TV show, like every good-natured human on this planet, you owe it to yourself to be reading this monthly book by the actual creative team of the animated series. Hmm. Hmm. Arkea's Butterfly, number one. Rebecca is a Jason Bourne type character who may be getting betrayed by her handlers at the end coming face to face with her thought to be long dead father. Major twist at the end of this book. I was expecting you to reveal the twist in the two sentences. The Flash, Volume 1, Move Forward, DC New 52. Francis Manupal and Brian Buccioletto. Brian Buccioletto. I think. Let me just double check here. Buccioletto, maybe? Buccioletto. No need for editing on that one. Uh, New 52, you know, you've never read a DC comic book in your life. The publisher, DC Comics, restarted every issue that they made with a new number one and went same-day digital. So this is your chance. You know, I've heard of The Flash. I watched that great TV series, and I tried that drinking game that's on the internet (laughs) that maybe we created. (laughs) And then almost expired from alcohol poisoning. I'm just saying, Google the Flash TV series drinking game right now. What a way to go. We did it. (laughs) We almost died. It's the greatest drinking game you could ever play. And most accurate, I should say. Cold, cold concrete. Oh, yeah. You want cold concrete, play that game. So this is your chance. You know, you don't have to know any garbage about a cosmic treadmill in the past of Flash's comics. But if you do, maybe it's a little ha-ha-ha, wink, ha-ha, wink. (laughs) Um, so this is your chance. We did Swamp Thing a couple episodes ago. It was New 52. You didn't need to know anything. And my wife loved it. She never read uh, Swamp Thing before, the week before. Jonesy, what is this book? Francis Manipal, uh pulling double duty, draws one of the most incredible versions of The Flash that I've ever seen for eight issues. Some of the best breakdowns some of the best layouts, certainly, without a doubt, some of the best splash pages in DC Comics, and makes the Flash look like an awesome superhero. Great art. That's it. Good night. Uh, <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> and let's get the let me get the letters sound also, right here. We'll just go right into the letters. <laughs> some Flash fans probably just uh, plots, but here we go. Just punch their dashboard. Uh, <laughs> The Flash story um, is about Barry Allen, who has a friend, Manny, who was put through a DC version of the uh, Super Soldier program, 
And because of that, any limb that is uh, taken off regrows another Manny, who uh, who are the crowd, who are the mob rule. You know, they kind of have this hive mind slash controlled by Manny slash control him relationship. And uh, they want to use a technology uh, possessed by a friend of the Flash to make sure that they live. Uh, You see, the regenerates uh, don't have a permanent lifespan. So the first part of the arc is all about uh, Barry Allen, a.k.a. the Flash, uh, trying to stop a mob rule and also kind of save his friend Manny as replicants, if you will. Second half <laughs> is, you know, the Speed Force. You guys heard of this? The Speed Force also exists. And we find out that at the faster Barry runs, uh, he can create wormholes. Speed Force being the alleged source of his speed. Correct. The mysterious entity the thing. The fifth dimension or some such. So... As the faster he runs, he creates time wormholes that suck things out of the present where he's running, or from what I imagine throughout all of the present day, and then sends them in a hodgepodge through different periods of time. So in the second half of this arc, you discover that there is another speedster who is trapped in the speed force who is really the one behind uh, the wormholes in order to find his way home. And Barry must find a way to get this person out and get the speed force out of, you know, back in control. And the arc ends on a big cliffhanger where the Flash is sent into prehistoric era where speedster apes that are also semi-intelligent are there waiting for him? The Flash? Volume 1? <laughs> I don't think they were speedsters. Well, they they look see, very fast. They they took pomegranate juice and drew a lightning bolt on the one ape's chest, which Did I assume s- meant he was the Flash. I don't know about that. That is a, that is a, ling- a limb that you are walking <laughs> on right now. What we really need is Ooh. the ancillary... Uh, Detective Comics podcast to correct me <laughs> live on air. Detective Comics. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. What a trade. What a trade. Francis Manipal is a legend. Flat Man, out. Yeah. If, Ar- in art. He is artistically, with a paintbrush, anything that anytime provides drawing. put on that suit. Anytime there was an art page of him putting on that suit, I just wanted to cry and joy that I have experienced that vision mm. in my life. Yeah. And I know that Brian Bucciolato, they're, they're, they're considered like a partner deal on Detective Comics. I think they, they're called the storytellers because I think he not only does really colors, but I, I think he has a hand in the storytelling in this book as well. So I don't want to shortchange him. But, um, man, why? Colors, though. Colors, colors dynamite. Too. Dynamite. I don't know how he does Every, it on a monthly basis. Everything visually about this book is stunning yeah Mm -hmm. without a second thought every page is a joy the um 
let's just come out flat out say it. Writing wise, I felt like I think think maybe this was his first monthly writing gig. I have no backup on that, but I vaguely remember him people saying like, "Oh, Manipal's going to start writing the Flash now too." And people were like, "Oh, cool." But um I feel like that definitely shows in the writing. Like he's not uh, a Mark Wade seasoned superhero veteran of writing comics for decades. And I, th- I feel like it shows in this book a lot. Yeah. Here's the struggle I had with the story and it read, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to sound like, I don't know what I want to sound like, but it read like an old, older comic reads with uh, a lot of plot being solved and driven forward without you needing to know how it got there and holes filled with you know simple hearsay or a line of dialogue but and I know we've kind of debated it before I I couldn't tell you what book clubs or whatever I just know the subject matter but I wanted to I was flip-flopping back and forth because I wanted to just say, oh, it's, you know, it's an old school kind of co- comic with old school storytelling, but is that just me trying to convince myself that it should get a pass because I'm used to better storytelling than this? Mm. Usually. Right. Like am I just trying to be give it sympathy because it reads like an old comic? I mean, there's nothing like it, you know, there's nothing I guess particularly wrong with the storytelling it's just not as robust as a lot of the stuff that I'm personally used to now. Mm-hmm. So I, I flip flopping back and forth where I want to say it's either I don't like it or it's bad or it gets a pass because it's like nostalgic. But is it meant to be nostalgic? What do you think, Jonesy? Every page in this book is a delight to look at. Uh... <laughs> You know that the that Dale, just so much. I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I flipped through this book, and the first thing I wanted to do was Google Manipal Batman. That's mm-hmm. how impressed I was with the art. Was like, I want to find this art and a character that I like. And spoilers to no one, I am not a fan of the Flash, but looking at this art, I am a fan of Francis Manipal's The Flash. I mean. Everything looks great. The way he runs is great. He makes Flash a compelling character. He makes Flash an interesting character with just the pictures and his uniform and the way that he chooses to show Barry's speed and the things he can do with it. And I I think in that regard, I almost didn't need to have the word balloons. But when you go back and you read it, Dale, to your point, it's not a strong story. Like, I didn't uh, realize that I needed to be angry with The Flash for the EMP to, like, issue four. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I just think it's one of those things where I, I'm on the same in the same boat as you. I want to forgive this because we've got a stupendous artist who maybe doesn't write a lot, and maybe his source material is the Silver Age comics that he loved as a kid, and that's what he wants to homage to. But, you know, maybe we are comic cynics in the fact that 
you know, for this show, we're used to reading somebody's best foot forward. And it's hard to have somebody live up to that expectation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, I mean, the one, the saving grace, and I don't want to say the saving grace in the fact that this is, now the old Jonesy would be like, this is garbage or trash or whatever, but it's really not. It's, I, I mean, I can't get over how much Manipole's art and the voice of Barry Allen makes me want to like a character that I don't like. And that's the biggest compliment I can give it. I mean, the, the page layouts and page designs are mind-blowing. Like, you, you're not, oh, yeah. you won't get this on a rando monthly comic book. You're not going to get this on, you know, New Warriors or whatever, you know, whoever's drawing that. Not to slight anyone on New Warriors, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, I compared him to, like, a modern day Will Eisner with how he he designs his books. And, but I mean, every, like, just random, just shots of the Flash, like, full body, and then the behind him is the rest of the panels. He did it a few times where, like, you know, the it's a double-page spread of a tree, and then underneath you see the divide of the roots, and the, the, the panels are in those roots, and ice breaking. I mean, it is amazing, gorgeous stuff. And that's where I was conflicted because it is like, whatever his art is, it's beyond next level. And then the writing, I guess maybe I felt like this, the writing has to be the same level or else it won't compare. Mm -hmm. And in my view, it wasn't as next level as his art. And he's been honing that for, I don't know how long. And we're kind of now watching him hone his writing skills where it's not at the same pace as his art has been in my view. And so it was kind of exactly what Dale said with like, you could see this storyline in the 1970s flash comic book easily or any 1970s. And then you read it now. I'm like, yeah, that, that fits, you know, with the kind of the doctor who had this is the nod to the cosmic treadmill I was talking about. He made him try to run on a treadmill to gauge his speed. And he's the guy that also figured out what the speed force was. And their conversations like, I need to get you faster. But like there was no, was there any discussion about flash being bummed that he wasn't faster before that conversation? No. And that's, and that's like page 10 of the first issue, but the first 10 pages it's not like Barry Allen is like, man, I don't know why I'm so slow. Right. I'm struggling to fight crime. He's been the Flash for five years, and all, and he's not. He doesn't even realize he needs to be faster. Uh, yeah. He, and then and the doctor's like, "I'll get you faster, Barry." And, and he's like, well, a, "What is this conversation about?" He's right on board with it. He immediately needs to be yeah. faster. And the yeah, thing, Barry's like, "Yeah, you're right. I need. I do need to be faster. I just realized it." <laughs> and I not only that, talk about the, this, the, uh, sorry, the doctor had this like regenome machine that was stolen and flash got it back and flash this is after you discover that one of the assassins is like what he thinks is his old dead friend and the doctor's like oh it's really hitting you hard huh and he's like yeah this is tough and he's like i need to figure out what happened to my friend and his dna and the doctor's like well do you want my re-genome machine you can just take it if you want and frank's like and flash's like yeah i'll take it you're just handing (laughs) off a re-genome machine to a superhero 
You're right. just handing off the future of evolution in your hands to just rando <laughs> speedster. Easy decision. What's the protocol there? You got to sign that out? You know, <laughs> you, I don't understand. Do it's got to get yeah, stamped. I mean, so then before I hand back to you, Jonesy, the other portion where he, the treadmill obviously is destroyed in three seconds that the Flash ran on, but he was able to pull some information from it, apparently. And next time they meet, um, I'm lobbing over another segment of this Doctor character that I, I, I'm just feeling other things I want to talk about, but next time you see the treadmill, he's built this billion-dollar <laughs> treadmill apparatus, and Flash is like, when did you build this? And he's like, oh, well, I just whipped up the schematics and outsourced it. Like, outsource right. that? What? <laughs> to he just outsource that? And he outsourced to this to, to, to builders who have to build it in Central City, but... There's not enough power in the city to run a laser to help Captain Cold's sister. But it can power the wall drill that builds this cosmic laser. Right, and they need to they need a, a welder treadmill. with the welding abilities who can weld a cosmic treadmill together it, and and firmly firmly put in place the, the cell batteries that are gonna store the excess juice. Like you built this thing they had the hospital flash can't run a off tumor, the gas. tumor laser? That cosmic treadmill and and this is kind of the whole DC universe kind of in my view, but that would have taken decades to build. <laughs> decades. And he had it built in like a day or two. Thank God. He just didn't, he doesn't need money. I, you know, it was, thank God it was brought up by the, the people out in the middle of the desert with the 60s tank that, oh, you're that super wealthy doctor who has all the money. Yeah, and then... That, he, that's when, how you find out he <laughs> uh, has unlimited resources. He willy-nilly, he stumbles upon these group of the... Um, what are they? Mob roll. I mean, eye roll of the year. When <laughs> when did they start calling themselves mob rule? Why would by they? Issue five. Why would Why a would group they? of clones be like? Let's just call ourselves mob rule. That's <laughs> ba. You know what I mean? And reference it constantly. So the the doctor stumbles upon this group of clones. You guys want regular or menthol? Like the Foot Clan. <laughs> they're like stealing cigarettes the doc- smoking them with each other <laughs> he rolls on this group and they're stoked to see them because they're looking for doctors to cure their impending death they're clones they don't last long they last a few months and they die so they're tracking down doctors to solve this plague the doctor you know they kid they essentially kidnap him but he's fine with it he's like yeah whatever and they tell him their story, and he's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you, mysterious <laughs> ragtag band of clones, try to extend your life. What kind of doctor has those ethics that he will just be kidnapped and agree to alter their DNA? And not only that, they've kind of been terrorizing the city for a little bit before that. They're a group of murderers. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they are... The Lost Boys from <laughs> Neverland, like wreaking, making a little trouble only to realize once you get back in their home life, they just need a mother figure. Like they're killing people. Mob rule is terrorizing cities, killing people. <laughs> it, well, like, why do they deserve sympathy? They don't. They don't. Let them. Let they them don't deserve rot. any sympathy. Oh, you know what? Maybe, you know, they've had a rough, they've had a rough, they didn't have a choice. You know, they didn't have a choice. They. They were brought into this world, and now they're going to die, Barry. I mean, Flash. I don't know your Barry. <laughs> Barry and Barry Allen. Barry Allen might be worse than Peter Parker, like ditching people. Oh, oh yeah, boy, to yeah. go save the day. Yeah, talk about the most ill-executed double relationship in a comic I've ever seen with Iris and 
blonde I mean, girlfriend. Honestly, he's he's going out with a top detective, <laughs> and he has a mysterious sexual past with the top reporter in the city. <laughs> I mean, how could you plan that any worse? Your love life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Answer is you can't. So and he's got to and he's got to in his girlfriend's eye he's got to look completely worthless and helpless because he he and he walks to the bathroom on the on the restaurant ship they're on and Captain Cold splits it in half and he's got to make it look like he fell out of the bathroom and like because he can't be discovered that he's Flash and now he's turning his girlfriend against Flash yeah because of this she's joining a militia to anti Flash militia. <laughs> Mob rule. Barry, I'm sorry you're the worst and you slipped on that banana peel and then <laughs> fell through that window, but I'm glad you're all right. Why would anyone be... Flash a- was just here. Why would you be attracted to Barry Allen? <laughs> Flat <laughs> out. You would be a barren wasteland being anywhere near Barry Allen in this book. Yeah, but guys, then we get splash pages like this. Oh, what, man. Which one? That was that was Jim Lee uh, variant I just saw. Oh, no, the that's covers- because my finger dragged uh, through the... Uh, my bad. Also, why was this book... Eight issues. There is no reason why they couldn't Espe- have stopped after the mob rule storyline. Especially, especially when there's no resolution to any of these storylines. <laughs> there's no resolution to the first story arc, and there's less of a resolution to the second one. The mob rule just is there. There's no. There's no. There's no even like one page. Uh, doctor's been working all night in the inside of his lab with unlimited resources. He was able to save the day. It's just, that's it. Mob rule is still left hanging, and and Manuel is possibly going bad and joining his mob rule brothers to fight How about his transference from being a total useless D-bag, and then Flash's girlfriend yells at him, and he's like, he has a change of heart. He realizes he was being a jerk to Barry, presumed dead at this point, goes back, goes then changes his mind okay yes i'm gonna help the clones that have been murdering and terrorizing people mm-hmm. and then barry stops this and then okay now he hates barry and he's probably gonna be a villain in 20 issues come on what and then they just it's just left central city's been into complete emp darkness for 40 days at least no superman is not there to help the justice league has not come to help anybody rewire I mean, don't they have somebody called Cyborg that has, like, a telepathic communication with electronic devices that does not give an S that his teammate Barry City is in ruins and has no desire to come help? At least in the Marvel U, when, you know, the... the the uh, human bomb went off at Soldier Stadium and blew up Chicago. Like every everybody was there to help clean up. Mm-hmm. Cap was putting rubble in. Thor's, in a shield. Thor's yeah. Thor's like lifting columns up with his <laughs> one arm. <laughs> How about I think the 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 last <laughs> straw for me in terms of storyline believability, and I didn't have much left, but. The doctor is hooking up his machine and explains how this machine is going to extend and fix their gene problem. He says an electromagnetic pulse will correct their genes. Electro I'm not a scientist in any way, but I refuse to believe an electromagnetic anything will alter DNA. That's just I I mean, come on. That's come like on. oh, do you want blue eyes? Stand next to this huge battery. And this EMP will change the color of your eyes. Run the microwave, a la Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I mean, if that, were, if that were Warren else, he would have gone to his, his generator and come up with some kind of 
future travel time stamp. Some transmugenic uh, Doppler. There you, that is, I, I would have, I would have been okay with transmugenic <laughs> Doppler effect from the doctor. I'd be like, well, that's pretty cool. I, I believe that that could alter Fran- DNA. <laughs> Francis could have at least like maybe tweeted at Warren. Hey, Warren, can I bounce something off you for a second? You mind if I send you a DM real quick? Anything? Nothing. I'm just gonna go this alone. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna write this. And then no, the only thing Warren tweeted was "Morning sinners, <laughs> morning sinners." <sighs> Boy, so off to. I'm done writing for the day. I'll be off in the church of sin, drinking whiskey and putting my kid down. The church bed. of sin. You know, he just must drink in the most divey Irish or whatever, oh, wherever man. he lives. It's just total darkness. Some podunk Irish town called Scotland. <laughs> wherever slum he's from. I have been wanting to get this off my chest for the entire conversation, but the other biggest hurdle was, why do we now feel the need to give Flash mental powers? Like I was, I was kind of okay with that topic. Like, how does his mind react when he's moving so fast? Uh, two things. You know, if his brain has a natural block so that he's not going a mile a minute mentally. We want to preserve that, because wouldn't you go insane if the entire planet were standing still and your brain was, you know, going 50 million times faster? And two, second of all, um, I don't don't have a second of all, I guess. First of all, it's crazy. That's Quicksilver's bit. Like, he is so, his mind and every, his brain moves faster than everyone. That's why he's so pissed all the time, because everyone is so slow compared to how he thinks and does everything. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, that storyline, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, how's he going to be able to train his mind to move fast? Two pages later, he solves it. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, but not uh, talk about not having any payoff to the climax of either of these stories like it didn't really come to his aid until the time he almost got shot and he explains like 50 pages later because he got that mental training that it didn't kill him oh yeah yeah, that that was that was so weird like i didn't feel any sort of drama and they just drug it on like flash didn't appear for 20 pages because you just had to assume he was dead or that's what the cliffhanger wanted you to think but it's like all right, get to Flash, and so we can see how he survived this. Get kind of back thing. to that Manipole art of the Flash, please. Yeah, I feel like uh, when the D- the New Fifty Two started line wide, there was a lot of cliffhangers. Like they just, I f- almost feel like there was an editorial e- edict, like cliffhangers, just do mm-hmm. cliffhangers. I mean, because yeah. even the Batman uh, one, like issue one or two ended with them doing a DNA test and then they found Dick Grayson's DNA under this dead guy's fingernails. And it was like a full page, like the DNA points to, and then Batman turns around, Dick Grayson. And then like, you were like, oh, what? Dick Grayson murderer? And then it's dropped in the first half panel the next issue. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's probably, you know, you're going you're going back to that me- that marketing mentality. You reboot your whole line. You want people kind of sticking around. So what better way to do it? Cliffhangers and six-issue arcs or, or in the Flash's case, eight-issue arcs that don't really solve anything. <laughs> I just opened up uh, Supreme Blue Rose because I wanted some Warren Ellis generator stuff that Francis could have used. Uh, time Deep. Physical bits to your space-time stamp. 
Time oh, Deep, El- Effect Element Rescue, Source the Revision. I mean, there, there's a script right there. You could have done a... My DNA just got rewired <laughs> hardcore, and it made perfect scientific sense. By sitting next to a battery, by a D-battery you had licked. I just, <laughs> just threw a battery at your head, and I solved the clone problem. <laughs> oh, boy, Flash. New 52. I, I, I guess I will say... For a new reader wanting to jump in, you know, New 52, perfect timing for somebody trying to jump in. It's pretty new reader friendly. Like, he's, the Flash is constantly reminding you about his powers or grudges he had with Captain Cold, even though it, it feels a little forced. He's like, you know, Captain Cold's never treated me like this kind of thing. And in that, in that sense, it's very new reader friendly, but. It still it still doesn't help with the plot holes. Like even a new reader would see the plot for what it is. Right. I, it, all that being said, I would not recommend that somebody wouldn't read this. I mean, I would just pick look it at up. it. Where it read the art it. and the colors, Retina HD. Oh man, in, in HD or, on an iPad, this thing pops right out of your hand. The colors, man. Ooh, amazing. I mean, just and the, stunning. The, the title pages of each comic. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Flash New 52. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at Paper Keg. Dot com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the era. Okay, our our first letter comes to us from dearest friend of the show, uh, Ren Mike D, the host of the Skyrim Addict podcast. Uh, great show if you play that game called Skyrim, or really if you just like mm. fantasy in general and like to hear general discussion about video games and Bethesda's Chronicle of Oblivion, Skyrim, etc. Dearest Paper paper Keggers, I'd like to take the... Should I I read this, or do you want to eat it up? I thought you wanted to read the... uh... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why don't I go ahead and I'll read this other letter by our dearest friend. Um, I'm sorry. I just broke the fourth wall. Edit. 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 (laughs) Yeah, could you send that out? Uh, cut, she, cut here, uh, 55 minutes, two seconds. Okay, our, fr- our right. first letter comes to us from dearest friend of the show. Uh, you might know her as Bex Gordo. Uh, she says, hey guys, all-star. meant to get this in for the ep from last week slash last night slash whatever we're <laughs> pretending that was. Uh, sorry, my B. But anyway, I wanted to tell you that I did some PK-inspired investigative journalism AKA did the equivalent of trying my shoes near creator, tying my shoes near creators, but with Jonesy level cheeriness, eagerness for making friends with randos. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the result. She tweets out to, um, uh, Parlov, Goron Parlov, Fury Max slash Starlight artist. And she says, Hey, Parlov, as long as you're drawing something else awesome next, I guess. I'm okay with it. To which he replies, the the creator himself probably replies, the Punisher Origins with Garth Ennis. Oh, boy. 
breaking news. She says, I would have just tweeted this at you or slash retweeted it and shouted about it online, but I sort of feel this is top secret slash he isn't meant to be going around telling people, and I don't want to get my new BFF in trouble, so I'm showing the tiniest bit of discretion and emailing us instead. Give it the slammed a lot treatment, will you? Seriously. <laughs> Too late. Seriously, though, how excited are you for this? I don't even care if it's in the early stages. I plan to be the first in line with my grandchildren in 2060 to pick up this butte. Bex Gordo writing what in. The, what are the chances Bex Gordo will even be alive in 2060? Oh, man. My word. Or is that her grandchildren will like comic books if she's like the rest of us? Jeez. Can you imagine Goron? So, that's sobering. Goron. Drawing Punisher Origins. Oh, God. Stop. Garth. H. Take me. He take me now. <laughs> take me, Garth. I take just, me inside you. You know, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is... Uh, Fill me up, Mr. McAllister. Fill me up. Gen Z is doing this dance as if he is strip stripping for a gentleman at a club, and he is now hovering over them. And it is gentlemen, ladies, or gentlemen. <laughs> is this the uh, old Dirty Dog remix, or no? This is just here? the radio. Oh edit. man! I do have the Jay Z version of Heartbreaker queued up next. If you like to hear it, if if, if Big Baby Jesus is not on the track, I don't want to. Goron. That is, I mean, Bex Gordo, some fantastic, inspiring journalism on your part. Thank you for slipping this uh, she needs to our get way. The press pass and put it in her fedora for that one. Oh, holy crap! PK, PK, uh, investigative reporter. Man, your salary fantastic. is zero dollars. That's all we can afford. Next up, uh, email. Subject line, some appreciation. Again, Jonesy started this from Ren Mike D., host of the Skyrim Addict podcast, one of my faves. Dear paper keggers, I'd like to take the time to recognize a man who, unlike his jet-setting counterparts that teased us with their tropical OBX Instagram posts, actually stayed behind and held the, the PK empire up on his broad shoulders and gangrenous foot. <laughs> You would think with a full week off from being continuously trolled, he'd just lay back, shut down the Twitter, and bask in his offline status as the Pope of Horsham, PA. (laughs) Did he do that? No. This gentle giant looked after me personally in a way I'd rather not reveal, and the PK community as a whole. Who knew if Dale and Slim would ever return from their tandem bike rides and sipping Mai Tais while stewing in a hot tub filled with previous occupants, occupants ticker tape and fecal matter? Still in, the, still, in the face of this uncertain future, this man stood tall and represented the brand in capital letters in his usual professional manner. You won't catch him swinging a receipt around for all to see or see him drunkenly passed out on a beach chair while his children head out on some dinghy with Chief Brody's kids. He's all class, and I felt it was time he got his due. All hail the godfather of Montgomery County, PA, Mr. Jonesy Loves Beer. Thank you, Red Mike. It's it's after wow. last week's, I'm sorry, yesterday's uh, pummeling of my ego. This was a very nice letter to receive. 
well, you know. I mean, and Mike, if Ren Mike D, if you, I mean, if you ever feel like you need to change your mind after watching these recent YouTubes with Jonesy's new mic setup, and he just rests his face in his hands, <laughs> and his face kind of conforms around his resting hands. <laughs> oh, can't even get through one letter. letter. What a that was letter. a beautiful okay letter, guy, huh? Yeah, it was a great. That really was a yeah, real great letter. Great. <laughs> Is that it for uh, letters this week? I, we might have one more here. Probably, probably praising Slim and trolling me, I would guess. Uh, Jim Lind wow. for Pope wow. on the Twitter writes, Hot off the wire from last week, if you have ever had any inkling of possibly reading one of the new Valiant books, you have to pick up the Humble Valiant Bundle. And he gives the web address https colon slash slash www.humblebundle.com slash books uh, letter column lightning round superior spider man 32 I have no plans to actually read this book I bought it for the Scotty Young variant cover wow here first wow a lot of chatter about that humble bundle seeing our uh, checking yeah. in our PK tweets that replies it's lighting it up Lit up. And probably by the time this hits the hits the official iTunes feeds, that bundle and may be expired. Yeah, but it's gone. You blew it. You should step on. I was looking on today. I don't quite understand I, how a humble it's bundle not works. Something, yeah, I don't. don't I honestly, I don't, I don't even know how they yeah. work. It seems like you unlock two, or you pay for two, or a certain amount of people have to pay X dollars, and then you unlock the next set. I have no idea. How they work? Very confusing. Do you add one title to a cart? Josie, can you uh, okay. entertain the idea of how a humble bundle works? Have you had experience in that realm? I will say, in my typical Jonesy fashion, that you probably are just very deprecating and nice to the people who made the bundle, and will each compliment you tweet them. Um, you get another free issue because you're a humble person. Wow. Taking that humble. It's probably some kind of social media metric that unlocks a DPI key. Wow. Hashtag DPI key. <laughs> that Jonesy loves beer. <laughs> that opens... <laughs> A web page. How do you? How oh, are you boy. even recording a podcast right now on a laptop? <laughs> Listen, alone. Uh, as if you didn't know, you had to painstakingly show me how to do it step by step. Probably for the first four or five episodes we did like this. I shuddered to think of how that actually went. I think yeah. you were. I think you had had quite a bit of uh, vodka and uh, vodka cider. It's almost cider time. Ooh. Oh, tis the season, my, my friends. Word one seventy five, just around the corner. Paper keg. Ooh. Huge. Yes. <laughs> uh, what a show! You know, if you have some free time, shoot us an iTunes review uh, on the iTunes. I don't know if Android has anything related to that. Probably not. It's junk. <laughs> um. Huge screens, though. No oh, boy. Jonesy, when's your iPhone 6 Plus coming? I don't want to spoil it, but it will be here tomorrow. What? If there is anyone Jesus. 
that is likely to bend an iPhone while sitting down <laughs> That's terrible. in their jeans. Jonesy wears those tight hipster jeans. <laughs> Anything's possible. No. Slash baggy cargo shorts. Right. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Night. No, but seriously, are you going to get a case for that iPhone? Because it seems like everyone is bending their iPhone 6 prices. You know, I just think you're a result of the negative Android propaganda (laughs) machine that's, you know, let's put out a video where somebody uses excessive force to bend an iPhone and it will just take down the giant. Uh, but yeah, seriously, I'm getting a hard case. So. <laughs> Don't you have an Otter Otter Auto Box? I, you know, it's funny. I had a Commander Series Otter Box for this iPhone five, <laughs> and I dropped it. Commander Series. <laughs> I dropped it off of a 21 foot PD belt, oh. and it Spoilers. absolutely. I got to edit that out. Uh, no, PD is fine. Package direct. I'll, I'll say oh, whatever boy. you want. Um, boop, boop, boop. Alarm's going off right now. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop, boop. The case absolutely did break in half from that height. Wow. But the phone, no damage, hmm. was just in the cracked shell of the case. Oof. So I, I didn't get a new case after that. Huge. So, uh, But I am getting a new, uh, new case for this iPhone 6. Coming Are up. you prepared for the size of the iPhone 6 Plus. Mm, Have you printed God, out one yes. of those, like, this is a real dimension, Hold, cut this out and hold it in your hands to see how you no, like but it? A co-worker has the Galaxy Note and yeah. has let me uh, mess Fondly. around with it. Uh, you know, it, texting is going to, I think, be easier for me. Um, mm. And definitely, uh, text-wise, you know, I have bad vision as it is. I was easily, or very easily, able to read text messages and internet on his phone without having to constantly zoom, which I do on my iPhone 5 almost constantly. I remember looking at your phone and being bewildered how you got the text so large. I couldn't (laughs) believe, I didn't think it was possible. Yeah, so I mean, I I think for me it will definitely, uh, there will be a level of convenience that I didn't have with Mm. this iPhone. Now I think carrying it will be a problem um, at work, well, you have that. You have that new backpack. <laughs> yeah, I have a new fanny pack. You know, at work I wear you know loose dress pants, and the pockets are very big. And mm, I think yeah. uh, about it. it can go Talk right into a, the front pocket of a hoodie with no problem. Finger holes. <laughs> you know, I just and in summer I wear cargo shorts, so I'm not really super concerned. You know, and not to bring up hipsters, which Slim will troll me for. But, you know, when you have, uh, when you wear tight clothes and you put something that's soft aluminum in tight spaces, you know, aluminum is a soft metal. What did you think was going to happen? Strong words from Jonesy Loves Beer. I know. Very strong words. 
I mean, it's, I guess it's a bad point, and nobody want to hear from me. But you know, it's a good thing Ad Custom probably doesn't listen to no, this because he, he would just it. call you out. He would be like, "Well, the specs, JLB, of uh, you know the super uranium chassis on my uh, Moto XL running Candyland Six operating oh, system." Boy. Means Ooh. that my phone can't be bent by human means. I don't know. Jonesy drinking game. Jonesy <laughs> is reading from the Jonesy's Triple Snaps, Volume 3. <laughs> what <laughs> does that mean? Triple Snaps. Do you remember oh, those man. books that had the comebacks? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. You go to like Barnes and Noble and just read them and laugh and then put, put it back and not buy anything. <laughs> That's before, way before you were of drinking age that we did those things, but sure. so. <laughs> It's the only th- one of the only things to do, but it was worth it. I don't remember buying anything from Barnes and Noble. I would just go there and s- sit there for hours and read comics. Yeah. yeah, and they were open until like ten or eleven on the weekends, which was pretty. Uh, cool. Do you remember they also you could play an entire album, like you could stand in the music section and put mm. the headphone like there were racks of headphones. And you could choose an album and just listen to every track to see if you yeah. want it or not. Go, let's just go to Barnes & Noble. In the past, let's go in our time machines and go back to 1998. I'm going to throw a battery at both of your heads and I'll meet you <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, I remember the Barnes & Noble music section being like posh. I remember like where it was into, at? I remember walking into the music section of Barnes & Noble and be like, you know, I feel, feel pretty uppity yeah. right now. Like, you want to go listen to some jazz? Yeah, like these $30 CDs, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. $40 DVDs. I remember the one in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania had live music acts. That's the one. Come I play, that. you know, like just in the store. Like jazz oh, flute. Yeah. Oh, boy. That place, I remember that, remember that pizza place where that Marshall's was? Yeah. That was, oh. Eliano's. <laughs> it might still be there. I don't Maybe. know. Well, I thought it wasn't Iliano's next to the video store that I worked yeah, at. Yeah, the the family owned uh, two or three of them, and they af- they also owned um, uh, Cafe Alessio up on Six Eleven in Warrington. Mm-hmm. Some of the best uh, Italian food I think you can get around here. Clothes, like, I think this is like Morning Zoo Radio. We're referencing streets. <laughs> People from that area be like, "Yeah, Six yeah. Eleven. What? <laughs> I know that place. I like the show. Check in. They're just like me." They're just like people. <laughs> Gotham. We're running out of tape. We, we're running an hour and ten minutes. We don't have a lot of time to spend on it. Gotham. You liked Harvey Bullock, Jonesy. I did, but I liked Donald Logue. So, you know, I, I was predisposed to liking it. I liked Ben McKenzie, but I also liked Ben McKenzie from um, the, the OC. OC. Sexy. Um, sexy man. But I, I think Jim Gordon has a lot more fleshing out to get done. But I liked how we started. I liked Harvey Bullock. I could care less for Jada Pinkett Smith's character. I think there were, and uh, was it Jurassic Alien? Was it Cameron that wrote that great blog about it was too winky? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're all, I mean, you're trying to, to forgive it, you're trying to draw in a crowd that is presumably never read a comic, but knows things like who the Joker is and who Batman is. So you're trying to draw in this mass crowd who doesn't know your source material, and you're also trying to give the diehard fans a little what they want. So how else could it have been but Winky? So I'm I'm willing to forgive a lot, because I thought 
episode two has got to be a H of a lot better than this one. I mean, it, it almost looks, has to be. It looks like it's different because Gordon has like a buzz cut almost, and and the vibe of the like how the it looks looks totally different. It's like a different show almost. Yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to episode two to really give it my stamp of approval or disapproval. But Donal Logue, I think, is a great act actor. Did you read? Did you watch Terriers? No, I don't like Donald. That show, I think, made him... Vacation flashbacks, right, Slim? (laughs) Vacation flashbacks. These discussions. uh, Donald Logue. All over our vacation. Donald Logue chewing the scenery. There was no scenery left in in that episode of... I thought he was irredeemable. He was a dirtbag cop the whole episode. And then he, like, one second, he's like, ah, I think I'll save Gordon from being murdered. So now I'm a good guy. Get, Get out of here. You stink. Why, Donald Logue, why can't Bullock. why can't this Bullock. season be the redemption of Harvey Bullock? What's wrong with that? He, I mean, presumably Donald Logue's character has murdered people. He was okay with telling Jim Gordon, uh, "Falcone needs you to murder this guy, or or I have to kill you." Hello, what? You're a, <laughs> you're essentially a hitman for the mob, Harvey Bullock. There's no redemption from that. Except at the end, they're like, ha ha, like, yeah, let's, you know, we're, we're partners now. We're all BFFs. And he's cracking jokes while they're like upside down in this meat locker. Like, why would I laugh at your jokes, you deadbeat cop loser? Wow. Tell me how I really feel. The, but it was, it was, it was super winky. Dale, did you even see it? No. Oh. <laughs> I Spoilers. Was, I was going to try to watch it after tonight, but the, um, don't bother I now. To watch it. What I was thinking about during watching it, I was like, if I don't know anything about batman why am i watching the show why do i give a crap about the city of gotham there's no backstory yeah yeah i mean just suspend belief for a second that i don't read batman comics i've never seen a movie what is going on nothing happens to answer that i will jump in something that i really think is going to make the show for me personally i think every time we check in with the bruce wayne character and he is doing something that's building himself towards Batman. I'm gonna get a little gushy about it. Like the the first time Gordon walks on that back lawn and he's jujitsuing somebody, like I'm gonna just like plots myself because I'm gonna be so excited to see that he's becoming Batman. They're uh, the second like they're like next week on Gotham. They show Bruce Wayne and like Jim Gordon like. <laughs> what looks to be solving crimes. It was like the silliest <laughs> oh, thing. I'm like, why is Jim Gordon solving crimes with this boy? With a 12 year old? <laughs> yeah. Like, so where's the, where's child services at right now? Why is Jim <laughs> hey, Gordon wanna, coming to want to go Manor? on for a, a ride along kid? Also, yeah. Alfred, Alfred did not look like a butler at all. He looked like he was posing as a butler and has kidnapped Bruce Wayne. He, you There's, know, who's that guy in, who was in lock stock and two smoking barrels, the tall guy. James Bond? No, 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 no. Daniel Craig. No, that's ju- that's the same person. You're just giving me the actor and the, the character. Uh, <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi. Now he was also stop. <laughs> he was also in uh, uh, Euro Trip. He was the British Tom. guy who. I'm just. You know what? Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the show. And watch Gotham Fox Monday nights. <laughs>